They're a little bit loose, a little bit unstrung, and they've probably had a few beers beforehand. Please welcome Matt Crummins and Tom Fancy Pants Puck with yet another episode of Matt and Tom's Excellent Adventure. Hello. Hi. Uh, hi, Matthew. How are you? Uh, good. Yeah. yeah. You asked me what's going on. i tell you what's going on. We are recording this podcast in the mornings and you not you didn't wake me up, but literally I woke up from a terrible nightmare and then grabbed my phone, <laughs> checked the time, thinking, oh, I'm recording a podcast with Matt, you know, this morning. I better make sure I'm on time rather than being a little tardy. And, and you woke up to another terrible nightmare. <laughs> which was Matt texting me going, we do the podcast early this morning. We've got to take the dog to the vet or something like that. Oh, come off it. That's not what happened. But okay. Totally. And I, I had this terrible dream that I was on this workshop and I was supposedly leading it because they're, they're all keen. All the participants are keen to go out and do some light painting, you know, yeah. like Dennis, Dennis Smith style. And I'm standing there trying to practice my twirling. Oh, my microphone fell over. Practice my twirling. And um, couldn't get that right, and then, um, and then we ended up ended up hiring these helicopters, and <laughs> to fix the twirling problem. Well, this is later, obviously, and because yesterday the- you were talking about being frugal, Tom, <laughs> and I feel like that's a very expensive fix for a twirling problem. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get a helicopter to do it. They've got a good twirly thing on top. You know, this helicopter's <laughs> flying across this lake with these flotation devices on its skids. So it's 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 basically like a float plane and it's going along the lake and I'm up in another helicopter from above looking down on this helicopter on the water and then the next thing you know, it's rolled over and it's sinking upside down in the lake. Wow. And I'm sending out a mayday call on behalf of the pilot and then I woke myself up because at that point the helicopter had been under for about a minute and it was sinking to the bottom and no one had come up yet. Right. So if you're thinking of booking on Tom's uh, Kimberley <laughs> Kelly Safari, um, just uh, and you're you're slightly even just just slightly into your whole what's it called um, the uh, superstitious, um, you might want to consider packing a life jacket yourself. Yeah. Yeah, not good, not good. Anyway, new, anyway. New feature, helicopter safari and and you get to go swimming in some incredible swimming holes. <laughs> well, we That's do. That's scary. That's not a good, that is not a good dream. You know, oh, I had I one last that. week. Mm. This is, I know, off topic, but so Isla is turning three in about two and a half months. So she's approaching uh-huh. three. You know, she's got her little blanket in her bed. And anyway, she sleeps pretty well, but um, we noticed last week she's just all of a sudden like, one night she was just like really throwing a proper tanty about like once we put her to sleep, we got her into bed, she was all happy, and then we left and she was just going spacko. <laughs> anyway, Laura goes in there and is like, What's wrong? You know, this is a bit unusual, pretty pretty unusual behavior for her. And she she goes, I don't want the bears to come through the window. <gasps> wow. Yeah. Freaky, yeah, hey. Nice. And anyway, it turns out that there, there is like a picture of a koala framed in her room. And um, so once we put that off the wall uh, on her request, um, she was happy as pie, went to sleep. And in the morning, she goes, can you please put the picture back on the wall? So um, apparently the bears are only evil at night. Classic. There yeah. you go. Well, there you go. I won't be ordering any koala photos from your website then. 
No, they, don't do that. No, this wasn't even a obsessed. photo. That was a, it was actually like a really cute, cute sort of like not cartoon, but it was a cute painting picture thing of a anyway, it doesn't matter. But uh yeah, freaky. Um, freaky. by one of your family members by any chance? Uh no, no. This one was just like a series right. that when we were trying to decorate quickly, we were like, Yep, yeah, cool, grab yeah. that. Yeah. Cheap art. It very cheap art, yeah. It, what is even art? It's just cheap. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I swear, you're so cheap, Matt. <laughs> That's it. Well, I mean, put it this way. Um, when I have a twirling problem with my light painting, I usually just work on my technique. I don't hire helicopters to fix that. So <laughs> I didn't. They're t- they're, you know what dreams do? They skip from one to the other very quickly, although mm. it probably wasn't. It was probably hours worth in between. But um, that's there's no there's no common link between the two other than I was running a workshop okay so just leave that be hey all right so we have a um I have a problem well no I don't have a problem I think we have a problem again what this Mm, time um well you lost your notes no, no, no! I don't have any notes uh, today at all. Uh, I didn't. I didn't lose them. I'm just wildly unprepared because Isla had a bad sleep last night. She's got a, yeah. she's not not well. But right. um, the, the well, you know how we say no one ever listens to our podcast. <laughs> Somebody did. I don't know where you're going with this? <laughs> For the first time ever. Hold on, my dog's trying to get in, and she's being all frantic. One second. Oh my god! Get your shit together, Matt. Seriously, come on. Wow, this is. I know where he's going with this. We had, I'm just looking online, we have a lovely lady by the name of Christine. No. Who has commented on our Facebook group and she said that she listened because remember you put out the safe word from the last podcast, which was bananas. I did see that. And we Obviously she didn't listen very well because <laughs> she didn't write bananas, <laughs> didn't did she? <laughs> didn't, get the end. didn't get to the end. She didn't write bananas. Um, but she actually put in a, a request, didn't she? She actually put in... To say, I said, what did you like most about the podcast? That dangerous question, mind you. Mm, yeah, it was <laughs> it just your the sweet, soothing sound of your voice. <laughs> it could be very silent if she didn't reply. And um, all of it she liked. I know so little despite doing two of Matt's workshops. <laughs> I know. That, that Christine, I... <laughs> all right, you know talk about this being is, roasted. This roasted. Is the, this is the kind of feedback that, you know, it's it's nice to hear after the workshop. Go, look, Matt, I haven't learned two things. I'd like to learn <laughs> at least two things. And then I can fix that problem. But um, Matt, when these are put Matt, in public Matt, places like this, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's you know, it's embarrassing. not, not, not hey, a Matt, good feeling, you know. It's not, I bet. Are you okay? How's your ego feeling? Do you need me to stroke it for you this morning? I mean, Well, I've deleted on? the comment if that helps. So, uh, <laughs> You banned her from the page. That's it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. She's no longer on your email list, so she won't no. be hearing from any future workshops. Sorry, Christine. No, oh, but Tom. Oh, sorry, you go. Yeah. All of this work you put into these fantastic so-called notes that you tell us about for your workshops that you give so much to all of your participants clearly is not hitting the mark with Christine. No. <laughs> no, it's no. not. But you need me to look over the notes and just make sure that they're actually, you know, um, relevant or factual. Anything well, like Tom, that. this is the other problem that we have because I didn't see that, that problem until you mentioned it and then I clicked on the – because I don't really go on Facebook, so I just clicked on it and I've read that comment right now. But It's one of these people, 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 hold on, just to clarify, Matt says he doesn't go on Facebook much, but he's on it all the time. He just doesn't comment. He's just fishing. He's just on there so just, that he can – just quiet in the background, like a puma. He's oh, a puma. <laughs> Something a little bit more sinister than that, where he's mm. just constantly 
He just he's a voyeurist looking yeah. at other people's lives and getting off on that. Something like oh, that. Yeah, okay. No, uh, well, well, here's the thing, right? So, Christine, I appreciate you publicly airing that laundry. Um, <laughs> but as much as that might be critical of me, and that's okay, I can deal with a bit of criticism, I actually have another one. This came in a much more serious format. And I'm sorry to say, Tom, but this one was about you. Oh, come on. Well, it must be a compliment then. Um, okay. Do you want me to read it? It came in an oh, email. Oh, and to me, an email is, that takes effort. So you really mean it when you email it. When you put it on it's Facebook, it. it's like, whatever. It was an easy comment. Mick Fletch has been emailing you again. What's he no, saying? No, no. I'll just read you the email and you can guess who it's from. Oh, here we go. It's Cam Blake. Liked this one. That's good. That's a positive. That's a tick in the, uh, in the pros column. Although I think Tom is talking shit about color space. Oh. That's a that's a that's a tick in the cons column. Just hold on a sec. Okay, go on. Camera color space setting doesn't affect raw files. It only affects JPEGs. And even then, I'd argue for a number of reasons it may be counterproductive to change it from SRGB to JPEG. Or to, to Adobe, I think they say from SRGB to Adobe 98. What you set in Lightroom and Photoshop does make a difference when it's reading the raw file. Touche, my friend. So I might not give out any information, but at least it's not misinformation. You know what I'm I'm busy doing now? I'm busy Googling SRGV versus Adobe (laughs) So, um... It looks as though when we prepare for podcasts, um, it doesn't go very well because the only time we've ever had feedback is the time that we actually did some legwork. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to bother anymore. That's it. No, that's why I've thrown my notes out the window. Um, <laughs> baby with the bathwater. We should go back to making cheap sexist jokes and, um, <laughs> and, uh, abusing and stroking, <laughs> stroking our own egos um, and, uh, yeah, shutting down other yep, photographers. Yep. That, 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 we should just stick to that. Whoever that feedback came from, you've ruined it for everybody else. Exactly. Thank you. And you're right, though, Thomas, that was Nick Fletcher, who oh, I'm going to say he knows his shit when it comes to that sort of stuff. So, has he? Oh, yeah, how annoying. Unfortunately, I know. Annoying. He's a bit of a geek. One of these know-it-alls, isn't he? You know. Well, to be honest, he kind of is. He's one of those people who's got a memory that his memory is just like he's an elephant. You know, he just remembers dumb stuff and like <laughs> even the names of really dumb people, like not dumb people, but you know, things that you go, you shouldn't really need to remember that. Like if, in my brain, that would be taking up precious space where I could be, you know, improving my notes and improving my workshops for um, Christine. Um, but he'll remember like the most random things, especially about art and photographers and stuff. So I reckon, I reckon the only reason he's written that email, it, whether it's factual or not, is to get a mention on our podcast because it has been quite a while. I think I think there's, there's, there's this circle of like three of them that they probably get together and say, what can we do this week in order to get a mention on? <laughs> like Matt the stonemasons. They, all- <laughs> <laughs> they sit around with their cigars and their That's cognac. It. <laughs> and, their, and their fluffy, fluffy Hugh Hefner robes. And they're, oh, they're, yeah. wondering, they're wondering what they're, they're conjuring up comments to make and feedback to give us so they get a mention it's quite sinister it's quite clever in in some ways but sinister in others so anyway look, mm. let's move on i found my notes from our um, last podcast and um and it's great to hear that we are helping people christine for example and others learn more about how to set up their cameras because 
what I've found is that this is not just relevant for those who have bought a new camera. This is relevant for everybody who's got a camera because these things, that these excellent jewels, little gold nuggets that we're handing out freely on our podcast each fortnight is clearly helping others to understand more about cameras and photography in general. So I did find my notes. I found them buried somewhere on a pile of uh, paperwork next to my desk. And so um, I'm not sure whose turn it was to keep going, but should we should we continue on? Well, I reckon you should go next because my last one was that they should book on one of our workshops and clearly that was <laughs> bad advice as well. Um. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a rip here. I've got a rip here. How about... Um, making sure that the highlight alert function is on. Now, that's a cracker. Yeah, yeah, because because to be honest, we all talk about shooting in RAW versus JPEG and being in the right color space. Thank you, Nick. And the difference that makes, the photo that you see on the back of the camera is a JPEG, inter- short JPEG interpretation of your RAW file, and we always mm. encourage you to shoot in RAW. Now, with that, you will get an idea in terms of the brightness, but that's dictated by the monitor brightness as well, which is another point of mine. But really what you should be doing when you're taking your photographs is checking your histogram a lot of the time, okay? Not just relying on it to be okay. And with that, you want to make sure that the highlight alert function is on so that it tells you whether or not you've clipped your highlights because you don't, generally speaking, want to clip your highlights because then there'll be no detail in the whites. Can I throw a, Can I throw like one caveat on that? Because I, I totally agree with, I know, I know. Well, I just want to be, you know what, Tom, this is meant to be Matt and Tom or Tom and Matt's podcast, not just Tom Talks podcast. So, you know, here we are. Um, so I totally agree. One thing that annoys me about these highlights though, there's two, sorry, two things that annoy me about it. The first one is that people turn it on and then they complain that it's fl- blinking at them and they want to turn it off because it's blinking at them. <laughs> yes, but the whole yeah. reason is that you're supposed to try and correct your exposure so that it doesn't yeah. blink at you. Okay, Exactly. I kind of say it's a bit like a, a smoke alarm. You know, when it goes off, you usually have to look around, make sure there's no fire, and then you can turn it off as opposed to just being like, this is so annoying. I'm going to take the battery out. Um, <laughs> Why is the house filling with smoke? <laughs> yeah, that's it, seriously. And now why I'm not being warned about it. Bad, yeah. bad thing? What, is um, that what that alarm was for? <laughs> the other one on this though is that I completely agree that that with the, the most important part of your statement was you generally don't want any highlights blinking because I've noticed that I, I cover this in my beginner's workshop we always switch this setting on but what happens is inevitably it's the beginner's workshops at the zoo so you're taking photos up towards trees and things and there's always some really bright sky hiding in behind trees so in nearly every yeah. photograph you take there is the potential to have a little bit of clipping. So this could be if you photograph a sunset, for instance, the sun will clip. There is no way, unless you're in like Darwin or, you know, one of those more tropical belts where you get the sun really low in the sky and it starts to dull off. It's almost impossible to not clip the sun because it's really bloody bright. Or if you're doing night shots, for instance, you would expect to see blinkies on, you know, lights, um, you know, bright clouds through trees. Those blinkies, those, those highlights are okay. You yes. don't necessarily need that detail. No. So Correct. you don't need to fix it if it's not a problem, but you need to be aware that it, it, if that was an important thing in your shot, now it's a problem. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, that, that was my two cents. Thanks, Tom. Back to you. Oh, look, no problems at all. It's Look, it's your podcast. I think it's only right that you get to speak as much as possible. Um, so, look, I'd, I'd pretty much finish that before you rudely cut me off. So it was about oh, obviously. Sorry. Out. No, that's okay. That's fine. Do you want to say the same thing again just to reiterate it? <laughs> Because, I mean, when I say it, obviously it doesn't sink in for people. So, um, 
I think that just goes to show you that they've seen me as a more authoritarian type of voice in this. That's space. age, though, Tom. That's age. You know, <laughs> not that old. You not are I'm very young at heart, though, aren't I? Really, you, you are young at heart. I'm not. I'm not forty-eight. Young at old. heart and young at abs. <laughs> oh, there's definitely no abs. Hey, so, so that's mine. So highlight, put your highlight alert on, understand why you should have it on, check your histogram every time you take a photo and understand that if the highlights are blown out, you need to do something about that, which generally means that the exposure is too bright. So you can adjust, adjust that in one of three ways, can't you, Matthew? Well, you well you could adjust it in one of four ways, I'd say. <laughs> just not take just a to photo be at all. <laughs> you could just take a photo of something darker. No, um... ISO, ISO, aperture or shutter speed or just not take the photo at all. Well, no, you, you could use exposure, exposure compensation if you're using a yes, priority You're mode. shooting in manual, aren't you? Everyone's shooting in manual. Oh, time. Thomas, we, we wildly disagree on that topic. But anyway. Maybe we'll have to have another another podcast on that. It's, we can just we can do like, like gladiators head to head. It sounds like we're about to derobe and jump into a mud pit and have a mud fight. Wrestling I know. Fight. And then it would just turn into a love scene. Like it would like start oh, really no, violent no, and then it would just be like, now everyone's no, kissing and it's no, just weird. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no. <laughs> Please don't go there. I've just woken up for a bad dream, mate. I'm going to leave that alone. Um, okay, so I have got another one. This is actually a um, – it's a really small one, but I think it is uh, super annoying for some people. Um, uh, it only applies to those who shoot on the brand that we generally do not name. Okay, go on. That's a bit cryptic, but I'll, I'll try and figure it out as you explain it. So if you buy a – Canon camera, Ugh. and uh, it's not in the pro range. So let's say you're not buying like a pro series or like a full frame, because I don't think full frames do this, but I think all their crop sensors do this. They come in like a discovery mode. So when you go into the menu, it gives you this like um, uh, dumbed down version of the menu that sort of tries to step you through what the settings do. So it's got a use. If you've got no other guidance and you've never touched a camera, the, the this discovery mode is pretty useful because it'll actually, you know, tell you this is how you change certain settings and whatnot but it'll also blank out like 80 percent of the options and so you can change it i can't it's called guided mode not discovery mode guide mode or something and you can switch that on and off and if you buy a brand new crop sensor camera and you're interested in photography is more than just happy snapping the first thing i do is turn that mode off because if you get too comfortable with that that menu um and that's how you understand your camera when you switch it into the more creative version where you have options um you're gonna probably shit yourself because it is a thousand times more not complicated but um more detailed have you seen that discovery mode tom okay you know you just wasted the last minute of our podcast because no one shoots canon anymore so (laughs) (laughs) do you know they've just taken over the the number one market share in the mirrorless space from sony stop it yeah so sony was going gangbusters because obviously canon had no real great options and now (laughs) um well they didn't they had m50 or whatever it was 10 years later they've caught up yeah but now they've released basically all these r series cameras and um yeah their market share is going through the roof so um so now i fear that this will be a bigger problem than ever (laughs) okay there are still a few Canon users out there. That's good for them. Good for them. Hey, um, I've got another one moving right okay. along. Or did I need to comment on what you just said? Well, uh, well you could at least say it was a good. You could. That's just amazing. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. Very important setting. Yeah. 
Very important, very important. Time and date. Now, this is this is relevant for some but not for others because when you generally get a new camera, it prompts you to put in the correct time and date for the, the place that you live. But mm. um, for those who are fortunate enough to travel with me, for example, who may be shooting on two bodies, that's critical because if you're shooting with two cameras, you've got a wide angle on one, you've got a long telephoto on the other, and you've got different times and dates on each of them. When you load <laughs> them up into Lightroom and you sort via capture time, they're going to be all over the place and all mixed up. So, for example, going to – did I tell you that I'm going away soon? Anyway, uh, <laughs> I I shall be landing. If you are traveling places as well, maybe even if you're not um, shooting with two cameras – you might travel to an overseas destination, lucky you, and you land in the spot. You might want to have the time and date relevant or, should I say, accurate to the place that you're in. Some people, like myself, like to look back on my photos and go, oh, not beautiful sunrise. What time was that taken? And it's the correct time, obviously, to the local time you're in. Because otherwise you'd be like, this is a great sunrise. And then you realize, uh-oh, it was actually sunset. <laughs> true, true. You know what? I can give you an example where this was the worst thing that's ever happened to me in photography. Almost, maybe the maybe the eleventh. Oh, the worst. That sounds a bit over dramatic. That caffeine no. was is clearly just kicked in. No, this is a really, really bad one. Um, so the very first wedding that I shot, and I don't shoot weddings. So you yeah, know, this is back in back when I sort of experimented. <laughs> Tom, you're never getting married. We know that. We know that. It's if it's not happened by now. I feel Honestly. like we're in a schoolyard and you're like, you're never going to get married, Tom. No, no. It, all right? Just it's because it. I know. No one's ever going to want to marry you. No, Tom, it's because with a personality and a figure like yours, <laughs> I just can't see you being happy knowing that you're taking yourself off the market like that. Flattery will get you nowhere, Matthew. I'm sorry. Yeah, probably not. No. <laughs> um, so, no, but so anyway, I've gone to shoot this wedding and because I wasn't very confident and I didn't know what I was doing, I actually um, organized a wedding photographer, a good friend of ours, Anne Scott Virtue. Um, she came and shot the wedding and I was, it was like my gig and she was my second shooter, but really she was the first shooter and I was the second shooter. <laughs> You're like, and just make, make me look good and just make oh, sure you man. get all the great photos at the same time. Well, the worst thing was we. she had two camera bodies. I had two camera bodies. My two camera bodies had the incorrect time and date, right? Yeah. So one of them was correct, sorry, and the other one was not in daylight savings because that stuffs them up as well. Um, and then her cameras were set from a shoot that she'd done, I think, overseas or interstate or something. So her ones were oh, in a different time zone oh and gave both of them different. Yeah. Loaded these wedding photos up. So we've got four cameras worth of photos with absolutely – zero chronological order all of them all of them were at a different time and, oh oh, and i was freaking out going i've got to deliver you know i wanted to deliver a lot of photos for this because i was you know i was trying to make you know yeah. do it yeah. really well and everything and my god i'm just like this is a nightmare because not only do they you know i've got lots of photos but now i've got to sit there and manually sort the chronology of them and and even just copying and pasting settings from one to the other total nightmare but Worst thing is, it turns out that you can actually reconfigure the time and reset the dates in Lightroom. It's it doesn't. I don't think it writes it to the raw file, but you can change it in the metadata so it goes back to chronological oh, order. You can oh, do. Good. You can offset the cameras. Um, Great, which I didn't know about at the time. So I no, no, of course. Week editing photos and reordering. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's a nightmare trying to edit all those mm. because of course got them all in chronological order you can you know basically skip through and go right i'm going to select those three out of that series that's great move on yeah oh yeah that would be difficult all right hey your 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 turn next matt 
Um, okay. So we, I think I'm not scraping the barrel on things by any stretch, but these are kind of, again, a little bit more mundane, but I think really important. They're not super right. exciting and sexy, like highlight alerts and shooting raw and all that sort of stuff, um, or doing an ISO test, which was probably my favourite. Um, <laughs> Pat yourself on the back next time. I will, I will. Um, Christine, I hope you learned a lot out of that one. Uh, <laughs> or Christine. You know I'll, I'll be seeing her signing up for all my workshops, obviously, in the future. Turn your stupid auto rotate off. In the no. Ah, oh, so hold on, hold on, because I have this on my list or as well. On. I don't know. It's off or on. I can't remember which one it is. But hold on, hold on. So when you go vertical, do you want to see it vertical or do you want it to be short? I want it to fill. I want it to fill the screen. So do I. Ah, oh, we're on the so same. So annoying. Page. I'm like, yeah. what, as if you can't just tilt your camera on the side if you want to see yeah. it. Yeah. Right yeah. Way around. Why would you want to see? It's a bit like looking at a video on your phone. And having it turned the wrong way, why wouldn't you turn it horizontal and want to see it, you know, three times, four times as big? Exactly. I mean, how am I supposed to record TikTok videos on my <laughs> phone? You're like, no. <laughs> You're buying up on TikTok, I can tell. Hey, it's, it's in for Nikon users, it's called Rotate Tall. Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's actually super weird, isn't it? Because none of them call it the same thing. You go, how oh, easy is it would be if you just said, just make the menu option, don't rotate my shit. Yeah, worse still, worse still is that if you don't turn that on properly and then you bring it into Lightroom and all your vertical files are on their sides. Turn 90 degrees and you have to go in and rotate them. How mm. about that? Oh, actually, you know what's even worse than that is if you're Oof. shooting fashion and you like doing sort of the 45-degree Dutch tilt. Oh, yes. Um, and then the camera's just like, I don't know, is it vertical or horizontal? And then it just like... Oh, yeah. Basically self-employed. Yeah, yeah, it just deletes yeah. itself. Yeah. Oh, well, you should definitely. So so just to reiterate, guys, the, at the end of the day, what Matt's saying is that when you shoot a vertical picture and you, you review it on the back of your camera, you want to make sure that it's filling the whole screen when you come to review it. So, yes, you need to turn your camera on its side, but you get to see the full image in all its glory, and that gives you a good indication mm. of whether you're doing a good job or not. So Yeah, because yeah, it's like, pretty hard to see, like especially on such a tiny little screen. Yeah. You know, oh, I suspect your next one might be about screens as well. Is that fair to say? Uh, I do have another one about screens. Congratulations. How do you know? We are just, we are in the flow, Matt. We are you know, just... My mind reading skills are absolutely <laughs> peaking on Fridays. Yeah. <laughs> Note to self, do your podcast with Matt on a Friday. Okay. Yeah. And be careful about what you're thinking about because mind reading skills. Yeah. This is it. This is it. You're like. Um, uh, Tom, Tom, what, stop picturing me naked. What women want or whatever it was. That <laughs> Mel Gibson film, remember, where he could uh, read women's minds? Yeah. Oh, that that'd be terrible. Cool. I think that'd be the worst thing ever. <laughs> oh, I would not want to know there. that at all. My Moving. God, how depressing. Yeah. Grooving right along. Yeah. Although one. people wouldn't need to, sorry, people wouldn't need to put Facebook comments about, um, about you know, whether or not they got something out of my workshop. <laughs> I, I just, I just know. You know straight away. Yeah. As, as they're walking off. All right. See you, everybody. Thanks for coming yeah. on the workshop. Hope you learned heaps. See you next time. Bye at Christine. Oh, actually, away. you just come back here for a second. We can go <laughs> a couple of things. Yeah. I got absolutely nothing from that workshop. <laughs> what a freaking waste of time. Who mm. is this bloke? Yeah, and, and I'd just be like, look, I knew that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so what's your one? Screen like related. A few of the things that I talked about today didn't land quite as well as they should have. So I just no. want to see if you needed me to go over anything else again. My next one is about image review. Pretty basic one. But I find that uh, when I run my little one-day workshops down here on the peninsula, that um, it's not set right. Image reviews. So a lot of these cameras, they send a sort of flash up in a, in a they happen. You take the photo, it reviews the image for you, it comes up on the back of the screen, but disappears way too quickly for people. Mm, usually two seconds, I think, is the default. Terrible. 
mm. you need longer than that in order to be able to look at it, decide whether or not the composition needs tweaking, check your histogram, decide whether or not you need to change your exposure, etc. So one Catch of the first things on the <laughs> This is it. This is why the monitor brightness needs to be turned up, and so too the saturation, mm. and um, and making sure that's turned on to hold. I put it on hold, to be honest. So basically, you have to click the half, click the shutter button in order for it to disappear and save your battery. But at the end of the day, I like the idea. That the whole idea of having digital is 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 you know obviously many, but one of the greatest benefits is that we get to see our photograph straight away. Blinding flash of the obvious there, but. The benefit to be able to sit there, slow down, review your photograph if there's time. Obviously, with landscape photography, generally there is. So you can sit, look at your composition. Unless you're in an airplane doing aerial photography, which is a very legitimate form of landscape photography. (laughs) I'm just trying to make up for the last podcast I see there. Well done. I love love your work. Well, you know. That's why you probably shoot so much in aerials because you just don't have time to review and you're kind of like, well, I'm just going to shoot the shit out of it so that I can make sure I get what I want. Can I ask so, you a question yeah. then based on your, based on your comment? Because I, I, I actually like that one. I really do. Um, and I've not done fun. that on my camera because I'm in a really – you know, sometimes you just don't have a habit. So whenever I hit it, take a shot, I'm in the habit of immediately pressing the playback button and kind of doing the review thing Yes, automatically. Yep. So, um, same thing. It, this is automated. I like your idea because if you're not in the habit, then well, why would you need to press another button? Um, my question for you is though, when you're doing that image review, let's say you're not doing something like landscape, or if you're doing something like aerials, um, is does that um, hold review have any delay in getting to your next shot? So, let's say that you wanted to shoot like you know five shots instantaneously, almost. You don't have to like. Um, half press to get out of it and then shoot the next shot. It, just by simply half pressing to go into your next shot, it'll turn that review off. Is that the case? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. I so it doesn't slow so. you down think, at all. No, I, I shouldn't think it would. No. Mm, there you go. There you, yeah, go. There you go. But then again, um, Nick Fletcher, if you could just quickly fact check <laughs> this one and email me if there's any issues with it, um, that'd be awesome. Oh, dear me. Is there any way we can ban him from hearing these podcasts or not? Oh, probably not, to be honest. Have you got any more? Because I've got one or two more. I actually do. Okay, go Mine's probably the most controversial one and you're going to have an issue with it. So maybe we should leave it till last. No, no, go now. We've got time. Actually, I've got two more. So let's do, yeah. Okay, okay. Go go with your next one. Okay. So this one is actually not something you need to do. It's something you definitely need to not do. And that is don't put back button focus on. Oh. Unless you, unless you're super, super fluent with it and like it's your jam. But don't just put it on. Don't just be like, oh, Cam Blake said to do it. So do it. <laughs> Cam Blake. Yeah. Don't listen to him. He's a, he's a big fan of back button focus. Oh, he is. He loves he is. it. He loves it. Uh, uh, so Anything yours... from the back, Cam loves. <laughs> you heard it, Cam. I said it. I don't have a problem with it. You've, you've exposed except the focus me. bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh dear, that's our last podcast ever. Apple. I know it's got banned from Apple. Yeah. They're just banned off all the platforms. Yeah. I actually had it potentially to turn it on because I'm a big fan of it. But I want you to I want you to argue the case against it. Um, so I my argument against it is kind of based in the fact that I can't see the argument for it. Um, except for a select few circumstances so i'm not saying it's the end of the world it's the worst thing ever it shouldn't exist i just don't think it should exist for a lot of people because 
the issue that I've found with people, especially we're talking about people with a new camera. So I'm presuming that if you've got a new camera and you're listening to this to get it set up, that your experience level is not as high as a Tom, a Cam or a me. Um, people forget to hit the focus button and then they start taking photos that are not in focus. And if you don't have great eyesight and I'm not, this is not a, you know, picking on people with bad eyesight, but if you don't, if you know that you can't look at that screen and really accurately see what's in focus, or you're going to check your focus and stuff. I've seen people go through entire days of shooting before realizing that actually the camera was not focused. No, you weren't. You thought you were in focus, but you weren't. So I think that for most people, I feel as though you're giving them two buttons to press where one button would suffice. So it's just double the work, double the things to remember. You're overcomplicating it. Mm, That's it. Yep. Yep. Okay. I I can I can sympathise with you on that one. I had a manual focus Zeiss twenty one mm lens that I used to use on my Nikon D eight hundred years ago. Mm, yep, and pretty, pretty unique. Can we just say that's pretty unique, as in like most people listening to this do not have a manual focus only lens. No, yeah. no, okay. and that's right. it was perfect. It was pretty good, you know, for what I did because it was super sharp, nice and wide, prime lens. Um, no need to sort of have an autofocus on it because you just focused at infinity and everything from sort of like half a meter to infinity was in focus. So no mm. need to focus at all. And um, here I was using it on a beautiful sunrise shoot over Uluru one morning, um, killer shots. And just the light skimming over those dunes that lead, you know, it's sort of a vertical lines leading up to the to the rock one morning. And I'm pressing the bat button focus. <laughs> Clearly, it's not working because I'm <laughs> the manual lens, and the manual and the lens wasn't focused correctly. It was slightly out. It wasn't oh, on infinity. Brutal. And so it all looked great through the viewfinder, didn't it? And then come mm. to download. It wasn't even until it wasn't even until I downloaded them and still thought they looked good. But it wasn't until I went to print one and I printed it quite big and realised that it was just soft as that I realised that my my mistake. So. Mm. Yes, I can. I can concur with that bat button. Look, it is. It is very useful if it's something that um, you get used to and you enjoy. And it's not for everybody. So at the end of the day, decide for yourself. Mm. And if you don't know what we're talking about, have a bit of a Google. But it does work really well if you are used to switching between, um, shall we say, for the Canon users out there, one shot versus L servo, which is you know mm-hmm. uh, one shot focus versus continuous focus. Yep. Because the back button focuses so long as you have your thumb on the back button, it's continually focusing, right? But, of course, if you want to shoot a portrait and um, not have the face in the middle, of course, you could just uh, press the back button, focus on the person's face, take your thumb off that, recompose the image, and because you've disabled the shutter button from focusing, you can then obviously um, recompose oh, the shot without oh, having you could, you could just move your focus point. Yeah, but that takes a lot longer. Oh, well, some cameras, although most cameras have got a joystick these days, which is right. makes it a ton easier. But I, I definitely agree. It's got a place. Yeah. My issue is that if you're relatively new to your photography, you know, which I think a yeah. lot of people, even when you're quite experienced at your photography, if you're still learning your way around your camera, you know, it's easy to forget to hit it. And then you go, what the hell's happening? Um, or alternatively, um, if you don't fully understand it, as Tom's just pointed out, that whilst you're holding your finger on it, it's constantly or continuously focusing. Um, it's very, very easy for you to not lock the focus, but you're actually holding your back button on there thinking you've locked the focus and then your focus point, your focus is moving all over the joint because it's now continuous. So sometimes I think that these are tools that make things a lot faster when you know what you're doing, but by automating things, it's taking the control off you a little. And 
yes, it's faster, but now you don't understand all the steps that are going into it necessarily, or you can't process those steps quickly. So it can cause some pretty major issues. So um, my, my, my um, ethos behind photography. Sorry, my phone started ringing my ears. Headphones, it's really loud. Was that um, you should always try and wrestle all the controls back from the camera so that you can then add back ones that are semi-automated or automated that you understand what's happening so that if things don't go the way you want, you can fix it. The problem with a lot of these cameras is that they just do what do way too much for you and mm. then you aren't getting the results you want and yet there's so many variables that you can't decide which one's causing the problem. I That's why you need to wrestle all of the control back from the camera and then add bits in when you, when you want to. So to and, and that's where, you know, you were talking about manual f- settings before. So it's, it's, I make it pretty public that I am not a supporter of manual settings in general. And that's okay. I, you know, it's a different philosophy. Um, but I completely agree with learning manual settings because one of the, the issues you face is, is, again, once you hand the camera control of something, it's great as long as it's working. But the moment it doesn't work, you have to know how to troubleshoot it and to know what's going on and why. And if you don't understand how manual settings fit together, then, you know, you, you can't do anything about it. You're just relying on the camera to get it right. And you know what? Most of the time it probably will get it right, but the time it doesn't, geez, you're, you're up the creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I now tell you, you what. Yeah, Sorry. I do have, yeah, I do have yeah, one. You've got one more because I've got, I've got one that's going to take up, I reckon, a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I thought that was your controversial one, the back button. No, but oh, no. God, no, that's Ooh. controversial. This, one, this other one is – well, look, Low. it might not be controversial with you, actually. But Low we'll your see. mind. I'm not, I'm not a big fan. Most of the cameras are set to default to be thirds of a stop when you're changing the shutter speed and aperture and things like that and ISO. Mm. I'm not a big fan of that. I change it oh. half or even full stops. I think it's way too confusing for people. If you're learning photography and you're wanting to learn about the apertures and the different steps in between, et cetera, having these thirds and half stops, it doesn't make a lot of difference. Full stops is where it, you know, makes the difference in terms of your exposure. Oh, it's a bit, it's a bit overexposed. Wow. What do I do? Oh, well, that's, change I think that's a bit controversial, Tom. Oh, I, I love it. That's the first thing I do. I change it to half stops. Yep. But you love controversy as well, so <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. I shy away from controversy, you know me. Half, stop, I half stops, I, I, I agree with you on half stops, right? Right. Full stops. That's that. That it, it makes it easier to learn in terms of like the relationships, definitely, and the numbers look cleaner and neater. Yeah, but one stop of light. Far less confusing. Well, for those who don't understand stops of light, that's fair enough because it's a really dumb measurement of things because it doesn't relate to anything else on the planet. But a stop of light is to double or half the amount of light right. in a shot. So going to a system where you can only move the exposure by doubling it or halving it, that's a pretty extreme measure. But half stops I can, can understand. I know. You can you can understand that. I'm pretty extreme, Matt. That's you are very extreme. Like that's why And also, it. you know, when you're like Tom and you know just how to get the shot right first time every time, <laughs> Whatever. you can you can afford to do that sort of oh, stuff, I, I guess. Think, I think that coffee's wearing off and you're going a bit silly. You need to have another no. one. Let's, well, we've, got, we've got five minutes. Let's okay. move on to your concert. You're going to feel this one's really – maybe feel this one's really silly. Um, and that's okay. My other recommendation, and this is, again, a bit like back button focus for me, is – Rather than telling you to do something, I'm going to tell you to not do something. Do not customize a single custom function button on your camera. That's hugely controversial. Not wow. a single, not a single button. Wow. How can you go in and start having fun and playing with all these settings if you don't do that? 
Well, so here's the thing. Absolutely customize your function buttons, but not <laughs> when you first get your camera. Because you know what happens is... Stay away and, from and, the custom functions, people. Oh, Step yeah. away. Step well, away. I'll give you this example, right? So I, I wrote an article a while back and it was called, um, what do I have as my custom function buttons? Um, I could tell you, but I'd have to kill you. And <laughs> the reason is that what I use for my custom function buttons is 100% irrelevant to you. Because they're my custom function buttons and they're things that in my shooting style, in the way that I use my specific camera, they make my life easier because these are the things I use all the time. Now, if you shot exactly the same kind of stuff as me and you shot it in a similar way with a similar camera, the function buttons might make sense to copy them. But I see all too often people come to workshops and they go, oh, I don't know. I've got this, you know, they've changed all their function buttons and a lot of function buttons they actually come preset as doing something and then people go on there and change what they do and they don't realize that the reason it was defaulted to the thing it was meant to do was because that was a useful function and they've gone and changed it because, you know, Bert on YouTube told you that that's what he used. And the problem is, is that if you didn't use that function that Bert uses, there's no point in having that as a function button. You've just wasted space and now you're confusing yourself because you've got a button you can accidentally hit. So... Um, an example of this would be on Olympus cameras. Shout out to you, Cam Blake. Seriously, they come preset with their function buttons, right? And one of the function buttons on the very top of the camera unit is HDR mode. And it's not recessed or anything. It's the easiest button to accidentally hit. Mm. And people take these shots and they're like, why is my photo dark? And then they take another shot and it's mid like a mid-tone and then they take another one as bright and they're like, why is my camera stuffing up? And it's because they've accidentally touched that function button. It's a, such a silly function to have so accessible. Yeah. Um, you know, if I look at my Sony one, for instance, I think the preset buttons on those, they don't actually come set almost at all. You've got to really customize them. Um, and the great thing is like over time, what you find is you, you go, oh, geez, I really would love access to this setting because I use it all the time. Then customize your function button because you go, I've got a real use case for it. But cameras have got too many buttons on them these days. So, yeah, yeah. you know, all of a sudden you've created this whole keyboard of shortcuts. But unless you kind of have a really amazing memory, you're not going to use them ever. And it's only going to put you in a situation where you're going to look at your camera and be like, it's too confusing now. I've got too many options. So customize them as you come up against problems, not preempting problems. Yep, yep, yep. Look, a lot of these cameras do way too much and and confuse people and and people haven't owners i should say photographers out there who gladly listen to our podcast for all of the gold nuggets tend to um not know their cameras very well hadn't spent enough mm. time with them anyway so yeah, you certainly don't want to um have have too many you know um things to remember in the first place because generally speaking you haven't spent enough time with your camera even to know how to change basic settings like ISO, shutter speed, aperture, things like that. And if you are struggling with that, that's just a practice thing. So the mm. best thing you can do with a new camera, just to sort of, I guess, round off this whole um, podcast. And to is, soften it because I got a bit ranty. So just soften oh, it. Again, it's yeah, the, the, yeah, that's what I was doing there. Um, is to, is to um, spend time with the camera and just know how to change the basic settings. Don't get bamboozled by everything else it can do for you. Understand how to change how to turn it on, how to change the battery, how to change ISO, shutter speed and aperture, um, the basic even, even just knowing the um, – because usually you've got two dials, just being really comfortable with knowing yeah. what dial does what so you're not yep. – because if you, if you don't really understand it and you kind of do it with trial and error, especially if you're shooting manual, what you don't realise is in that trial 
where you get it wrong the first time, you've actually changed a setting. So you go, oh, whoops, that's changing the shutter. But unless you remember to change it back to what it was, <laughs> you've yeah. actually gone and thrown thrown your whole shot off. Even as simple as knowing that if you dial it down to the left, it decreases, you know, versus dialing it to the right increases, just those basic things also. Oh, oh can I throw one, one like 30-seconder in? Mm. If you're on a Nikon, right, um, and I think it's because they're Japanese-made cameras, um, you yes. often find that the dials, so when you got positive and negative, the yep. positive's on the left, negative's on the right, which is kind of the opposite to the way that Western culture works. Yep. So um, you can actually flip that in your menu. So that might be another one. If you're a Nikon shooter, you can actually flip the um, the, the direction of things to make them more, um, uh, oh, I'll say, so feel more natural to a to a you know someone who's brought up in a Western culture. That's a great tip, Matt. So you can customize it, can you? Yeah, you can say like, flip, and I think you can do it on actually most of the cameras, but you can say like if you turn a dial left, for instance, it'll either turn the aperture or shutter up or down or compensation will go up or down. Um, you can flip it so that it goes the other direction, which might feel more natural to you. Do you have to use a custom function in order to change that on the Nikon? No, no, it's, uh, I think it's in the okay. custom dial. It's in the dial function button, not the dial button um, <laughs> menu in the, uh, the pencil. Oh, well, I get you. Piss off. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have another coffee now. Taking a while. No, you go and enjoy your rum and coke, young man. Um, the the just as a side note, the menu in the Nikon, for example, is a dog's breakfast. Canon has just always done that better than anyone else I've seen. No way. Canon sucks. No, I love With their it. menu. Um, I would. I actually like the idea of creating a, a your own menu, like a shortcut menu, and the common. Oh, you can do that on Sony. You can do that yeah. in Nikon. You've got a my menu function. Yeah, you do. I know. And I'm encouraging people to do that because if oh, there's co yeah. common things that you are always trying to find hidden in amongst all of the uh, options in, in the menu, why not just uh, create your own shortcut menu, things like formatting your card, um, changing the monitor brightness. Turn like the back that. button off, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Matthew, it's been a pleasure as always. More Great for me than it has for you. Um, I'm pleased to have done this all the way from Yellowstone in, in the USA. We're having a fantastic time here. The weather's quite balmy and we're seeing oh, some Tom, don't, no you know what tom can we just we, we're gonna have to snip that bit off the end of this podcast because <laughs> when inevitably something goes tragically wrong on your workshop and we publish <sighs> this still it'll be it'll be you yeah, know i'll yeah. be exposed people will yeah. know when you've been taken out by a grizzly bear um <laughs> <laughs> they'll be like but tom said everything was going well yes. and then this podcast will be a lie so yeah. um, I'll be, yeah, but I'm pretty yeah. proud of us. Two podcasts in two days. Um, whilst you guys wouldn't have heard it two days away from when it was recorded, um, that's pretty good for us. That that shows commitment, I think. Yeah, we're extending ourselves, Matt. We've overdone ourselves. We need to reward ourselves with a, another coffee and a Tim Tam or three, and a holiday to the to the states. Go have fun. Nice, Matty. All right, thanks, Matty. Great to hear from you. Great to see you. And thanks everybody for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.